Hey, who fans, and welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And we're at episode 147. 147. One day, I shall come back. Oh, dear. We are in trouble, aren't we? I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow, so the TARDIS should be free of the force field now. I have the advantage of being slightly ahead of you. Sometimes behind you, but normally ahead of you. But the trouble with time travel is, one never seems to find the time. Change, my dear. And it seems not a moment too soon. Unlimited rice pudding, etc., etc. A meteor storm that the sky above us was dancing with lights. Purple, green, brilliant yellow, yes! I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. It's more like a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. Just remember who's standing in your way. Look at the eyebrows. These are attack eyebrows. You can take bottle tops off with these. Howdy-do-who fans. What a week we're having for the weather in the UK. Oh, scorcher. Scorchio. Scorchio. <laughs> really hot this week. It is, isn't it? It's baking. Having a bit of a mini heat wave. So, some countries, I mean, Sammy down under, she's probably. Ah, that's not a heat wave. No. But it is hot in the UK. It's, I think for June, anyways. It's not been this hot. For years <laughs> in this, you know, normally takes us like until at least mid July before we start getting some decent weather. Normally, it's so funny though, isn't it? Because like we go on holiday to to get this sort of heat, and then when we get it, we just moan about it. That, oh, it's too hot. <laughs> that's too the hot. Brits, isn't it? Through and through, <laughs> just whinge and complain when it's hot, and then when it's cold, it's like, oh, I wish it was oh, a heat wave. I wish right I now. was in Spain. Yeah, yeah I wish I was. In, yeah, it's all good. Yeah, it is a trifle hot though. Trifle hot, yes. Mm. Especially when you're recording a podcast, because you're you're sitting in the conservatory <laughs> cooking like some sort of boil in the bag job. I I yeah, the way my house is structured, I'm like in a in a yeah conservatory, which is basically like a, a, a greenhouse. I may as well be in a greenhouse. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm sweltering at, at the end of the show because we we record our podcasts on Skype uh, on video as well as audio. And I can just imagine at the end of the show, the colour of your top's just going to be a few shades darker. Oh, you just see steam coming off steam, my arms. Yeah. yeah, could boil an egg on my head for the minute. <laughs> so hot. Yeah, but we mustn't grumble. We must we not mustn't, grumble. We mustn't grumble. No, yes. we mustn't scare that lovely sun away. Yeah. So welcome aboard, new listeners. We've had quite a few the last week. Oh, thank hello, you, new listeners. Thank you very much for popping up on Twitter and Facebook and saying hello. Very kind words. Really glad that everyone's enjoying the show at the moment. Yeah, so waving to new listeners and to uh, old timers too. Yeah. So what have you been up to, mate? What have I been up to? Um, not a lot, but I am very a very, very happy man right now because um, <laughs> when I finished work yesterday, I plonked myself uh, in the garden with a, with a beer, just, you know, As you do. taking in the day, yeah, yeah chilling down. Flicked on the old phone, and the best news ever popped up for me. I'm absolutely thrilled that uh, David Bradley and Derek Jacobi have been added to LFCC, which wow. we've both just bought tickets for. Whoa! So it's double whammy. I was like, because um, I don't know if listeners remember from a pod- podcast back, I went to the Birmingham one 
recently. And the main reason I went to that was because I really, really wanted to meet David Bradley. Mm-hmm. And he cancelled about three days after I bought my ticket. And I was gutted because um, I, I think he was so good at adventure and space and time. I've been wanting to meet him for ages. So, yeah. So, yeah, I was plonked in the garden yesterday. Nothing really much going on in my world. And I, I saw that. And I was like, not just David Bradley, but uh, Derek Jacoby as well. So amazing news. I'm absolutely, I mean, as if I wasn't excited enough about LFCC, I am buzzing now. I am absolutely buzzing. Yeah. So yeah, because there's loads of good who guests there, actually. I mean, you're, we're, we're both going both days, aren't we now? We're both going Saturday, Sunday. Is that we right? are, yes. Yep. Absolutely. So that's cool. Um, but there's loads of who guests, like Bernard Cribbins has been added, who's an absolute legend, one of my favourites, you know, from, from the show. Um, there's a couple of classic guests there. Um, you've got Louise Jameson, Lala Ward's there. Um, who else is there, mate? There's loads of good people this year McCoy. from Doctor Who. Boys there. Colin's just cancelled. Yes, um, yeah. Which is a surprise because, um, yeah, Colin doesn't normally cancel. He doesn't actually. He's normally. He, he, him and McCoy and and uh, well McGann when he's in the UK, but you know most in the US. Those guys are always up for uh, conventions, aren't they? They hardly ever cancel. Yeah. yeah, actually, that's it. That is the only thing that worries me about David Jacoby is I think the last two times he's been added to a Showmaster event, he's, he's cancelled. So I'm really, really hoping he doesn't cancel because. Um, uh, yeah, I'd love to meet him and get a, a mm. picture of the master signed by him. I thought he was awesome as the master. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. So, yeah, it's very much looking forward to that. But apart from that, mate, I haven't really been up to much else this week. No. Yeah, it's been it's quiet, hasn't it? Yeah. Yep. Uh, sunbathing has overtaken the uh, the geek stuff. It's very hard to get motivated to do anything in this heat, actually. I started doing a bit of video editing um, yesterday. And uh, having the laptop on my lap was just like having a, a, a pile of hot coals on there. I was just like, I can't do this. <laughs> I, I just can't do this. So, it's, yeah, it's hard to be productive. But, yeah, um, no, yeah. Roger. Yeah. Have uh, you been up to much? No, mate, not at all. I've just been working and sunbathing. Working and sunbathing, good combination. Yeah, yeah, not much at all. Um, I haven't really watched much who either. Um, I did watch a couple of episodes in the week that was just on TV as usual. Um Preached. What were they? I can't even remember, mate. I can't even remember. It was, um, so yeah, very light on who um, for the week. Um, oh yeah, we did spend some time actually with the Who Addicts guys, didn't we? They did their live stream on. Oh, that was really good fun. On yeah, Friday on Friday, night, Friday, yep. Friday night. Yeah, because um, they watched two, didn't they? What did they do? They did Utopia. And what's the other one we watched? We together? watched Blink and then Utopia. Oh, Blink yeah. followed by Utopia. Yeah, that was really good fun to watch those along. Um, we've reviewed Blink, but we haven't reviewed Utopia, so I'm gonna keep quiet about my thoughts on that one. But that was really good fun to watch those two back to back with those guys, wasn't it? And, yes. And uh, just being a chat and all that. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. If those those um, any of our listeners who don't know who the Who Addicts are, uh, there are you uh, who uh, Tubers. That's the correct term, isn't it? YouTubers, yeah. YouTubers, yeah. So they run this YouTube channel called The Who Addicts. And it's um, basically they just get together and review. They just chat who all the time, basically. They do previews, reviews. Um, they do thoughts and breakdowns, trailer break, you know, all that stuff that you would expect. Um, but Liv and, and Matt from The Who Addicts also do a live stream most Fridays where yeah. they just pick an episode or two and invite everybody on and just have a laugh and, and watch it together. But um, 
some I, I normally just completely miss them. <laughs> uh, it's not, not until the Saturday morning I'm browsing through Facebook and I can see that they've done it. So, but we jumped on and it was a really good laugh with those guys. So, if you don't follow the Who Addicts, go and give them a follow and, and a subscribe on YouTube, and uh, and then jump on the live streams on a Friday. It's a really good sort of place for Who fans just to hang out and and just watch an episode together. It's really good fun. Really it was good fun, yeah, because I think because they've been doing it for a little while now, we've we've all sort of got to know each other in the chat as well. So there's quite a good, it's a real nice little community we've got going on in, in their yeah. live stream. So, yeah, if you get the chance to jump in, listeners, do do it because it's, uh, it's good fun. Um, and, uh, yeah, the thing was we were waiting for a live announcement, though, weren't we? Because it was like we'd had such a good live stream and then we, they were like it got to mid near midnight. So they were like, we're going to just hang on a little bit longer because it's supposed to be an, um, a special announcement tonight at midnight from the BBC. So we all hung on, didn't we? Like waiting, yeah. waiting. And then yeah. it didn't happen. There was no announcement. And did we ever get that announcement? Did we ever find out what that was? No, I think it was just oh. a day or two after. It was just some promo images. Oh, something very disappointing. Yeah. Rubbish. Oh, that's not like the BBC to hype up a midnight announcement, is it? Yeah, no, not at all. No. no. Um, yeah, I'm not going to say that my language got a bit colourful after a couple of <laughs> after a couple of drinkies. Yeah, it's quite because <laughs> we, ne- we, no- we, we never swear on our show. It's like completely clean because we're aware that we've got some um, some younger listeners. Um, but yeah, on that it's uh, a bit more relaxed. Should we say? I was going to say it's yeah. very unusual that I wasn't drinking that Friday night. That's a that's a rarity. You you actually that's bizarre because you don't really drink either, do you? No, you like swaps. So uh, we had a night, bit of a we? role reversal. Yeah. last weekend. Don't know what that's all about, but there you go. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Before we get on to the news, actually, you mentioned London Film Comic Con, mm. um, which we're both very excited to be going to. Yeah. Uh, both days. So if you're if you got any of our listeners that are going, uh, just keep a lookout and come and say hi, and we'll um. We'll have a chat and some and all that jazz. Um, yeah. Just to round up, who's going for who? Uh, the Doctor Who star. So we got um, yeah, Sir Derek Jacobi. That Matt, uh, sorry, that Adam already mentioned uh, is going to be there. We have Bernard Cribbins that yes. you already mentioned as well. Um, yes, Colin Baker has cancelled. Sylvester McCoy is still going. Yeah, I think he's there on the Saturday. Oh, no, he's there all three days. Wow. Is he? Yeah, Ooh. fair play. Nicola Bryant's there. Nicola Bryant, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Waterhouse. Oh, yes. How can I forget him? Wow. How could you? Okay. Um, uh, Mark Strickson. Turlo. Turlo. And Lala Ward. Lovely Lala. So a good combination of uh, of who people there. Mm. And uh, don't forget that the Sylvester McCoy... Um, autograph signing and photo. He's also doing the TARDIS photo shoot as well. The classic TARDIS, yeah, his yeah. console. Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, as well as who, there's loads of other stuff as well. I'm really gutted that Adam West um, sadly passed away recently because he was one of the people that I was planning on on meeting and getting a, a signed picture. Yeah, yeah, that was that was very sad actually. Yeah, because um, yeah. I was well, I, I must admit, I I was really excited when he got added. Mm. Um, quite shocked actually. I was like, oh my goodness, Adam Adam West is going. Um, and then I was a little bit taken aback by the price of the autograph at the time. I was a bit like, oh, I don't know if I can because I think he was eighty five, and I was thinking, oh, don't know. So I was I was a bit too minds because I yeah I would have loved to have met him, but yeah, very sad that he's he's passed away in between. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. There we go. Very sad. But there's loads, 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 loads of people there this year. 
It's going to be, if, if you are going, actually, one thing that we've realized over the years, you'll probably agree with me, Adam, is that especially if the weather's going to be good, it's going to be good weather, nice and hot, um, try and plan your day out. Mm. That's the, you know, because if you, if you turn up and you're not sure who you're going to get autographs with and stuff, you'll be surprised at how busy the place fills up. And then it's yeah. just like crazy for the, you know, the bulk of the day. So, mm. um, yeah, I think on Saturday we're going to plan to get all of our photos done and out of the way. And then on Sunday, a bit more chilled. And That's what I'm hoping, yeah. 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 So yeah. it'll be a good one. Then, be good. It will be good. Yeah, no, it's good advice because the day does go really quick as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's just good to know – you know what time photo shoots are and where people are so you can get all the stuff you want because uh, the day will fly yeah. yeah yeah but it's going to be good i can't wait it will be yeah right shall we land the tardis and do some news i think we should because we've got a whopper of a show let's get into it Gary, did you ever read the Doctor Who Adventures magazine? <laughs> yeah, uh, on occasion, if it had a good free gift on the front, I would pick it up. Um, yeah, I not a couple, so much recently. Yeah, I remember when it first came out. Um, I did, I did get a few of them. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think got... it was at the time when I was sort of buying anything Who. Do you know what I mean? It was just <laughs> like it was when Who was on a roll, and it seemed to be everywhere. And I was like, oh, there's a new magazine now. So yeah, I did in, in the early days. I used to pick it up quite a bit, and then more recently, I've just bought the odd one or two. Yeah, yeah. What I'm, about you? Yeah, I've got the odd one. Yeah, the odd one or two. Yeah, they were quite cool. Um, I picked the first one up for my son. I thought, yeah, he'll be into that because it's for you know for younger audiences. But yeah, he sort of glanced at it and breezed through it for about three seconds, and that was it. So all oh, right. <laughs> so I thought, yeah, I'll have that then, and I enjoyed mm-hmm. it a lot more than you did. I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and strangely, uh, they've they've paused the the publication of this, and I say strangely because normally, um, these things just get stopped don't they? It, yeah. You know, it's a case of we're, we're ceasing publication, you know, and thank you for, for everything. But for some reason they've, they've worded this up as a, um, as a pause in publication. So the next one, which is going to be released, if you're listening to this on launch day, um, will be, um, yesterday. So the 22nd of June, um, we're recording this on the 21st. So on the 22nd, when that Doctor Who Adventures is out, it's going to be the last one. But they don't say, it's strange because they say it's it's been paused. But they, they don't follow up and say it's coming back at, you know, another time later in the year or next year or something like that. It's just that mm. we're pausing it. So it could be indefinitely. It could turn into a, we're not doing it anymore. Um, but yeah, it started out in 2006. So it's been wow. going for quite a while. It's a oh, fortnightly yeah, uh, thing. And um mm. Yeah, and uh, I think, I mean, I think the the readership has the the number of readers has fallen. Yeah, um, I, I think you know quite dramatically, quite, actually, quite a bit yeah. over the years. Yeah, so it's it's mm. probably no surprise that they forced it. It just seems like strange that they would not just say it's done and dusted. But um, yeah, so anyone that reads Doctor Adventures, or if you get it for your your Litlands or whatever, um, this month is the last one that we can foresee. Mm. it's interesting i hadn't really noticed the fact it said paused because when i saw this bit of news i just was like 
well, I kind of saw that coming because I've been hearing that the sales have dropped off massively and like I haven't bought it for ages and I just wasn't surprised. But um, but I assumed, like you said, that they just decided that they were going to cancel it. So the fact that they're saying paused um, kind of suggests that maybe they're thinking of doing a relaunch, maybe when the new doctor takes over or something. Perhaps they're just saying, right, let's let's let's, uh, ho- you know, put on a hiatus, if you like, for mm. want of a better word. Uh, until the new doctor comes in or something so Possibly. yeah maybe it'll come back in some form or other we'll have to have to wait and see yeah if you if just lastly if you subscribe to this not via a physical edition but if you've got a digital subscription to this then your subscription will be automatically converted over to the the doctor who magazine the normal one. Oh right okay or you can choose to cancel it whatever but yeah, yeah. there we go there we go. Okay, right. In other news, uh, a couple of Doctor Who actors have been honoured by the Queen. The Queen. Queenie. Uh, uh, first off, yeah, old Queenie. She's been out giving a few honours. Um, first of all, uh, actress and comedian June Whitfield uh, has been made a Dame Commander of the Order. How uh, cool does that sound? Sounds awesome. How are you, June? I'm fine. Didn't you know I'm a Dame Commander of the Order? Yeah, of the British Empire, no less. So that's very nice. I mean, I have to say, I love June Whitfield. I don't know about you, mate, but she's I, she's been in loads of things as I've grown up over the years. I think yeah. she's a great, great actress. And um, she she sort of popped up in loads of shows during the 80s and 90s. And mm-hmm. obviously she was in uh, The End of Time, wasn't she? Yeah, uh, what was her character name in that? She was really funny in that. Minnie, wasn't Minnie. it? She's the one that gives David Tennant a bit of a grope during <laughs> the, yeah. the photo, the group photo. <laughs> she's yeah. great, yeah. Cheeky mini. So that's really cool. Um, other other actresses, uh, Sarah Lancashire. Uh, she's been made an officer of the Order of the British Empire, or OBE, if you like. Um, she starred in Partners in Crime. Uh, she was Miss Foster. Um, she's a good actress as well, actually. What's she's that thing good. she's in? I watch. Um, yeah, she was in that police Valley, drama. That, yeah, that's very good. I've only just got around Happy to Valley. That. Yeah. Happy Valley. Yeah, it's not such a happy show, but it's a, it's a good program. Mm. Uh, David Walliams, uh, he's also been made an officer of the Order of the British Empire. Obviously, he's been in loads of stuff, but he was in the God Complex, wasn't he? As, um, what was that thing? Gibbous, wasn't it? Or, yeah, Gibbous. Oh, the rat rodent looking thing, species. The cowardly yeah. thing. Yeah, he's yep. that. And finally, uh, Goo Goo Martha Raw. <laughs> so you say it. We're great with names, so that's Goo-goo probably wrong. Martha Raw. <laughs> <laughs> She's been made uh, a member of the Order of the British Empire, or MBE, if you prefer. Um, you will, of course, know Goo Goo uh, as Tish Jones, Martha's sister in um, in Series Three. So yeah, that, I mean, yeah, that's that's really cool for those guys. It's a really nice little. Um, thing to get i should think yeah i'm not quite yeah. sure yeah 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 if no she, it's very cool. if she's handing them out then hello well, hello phone, you know the, i'm just checked the phone is yeah no it's definitely on on the hook so yeah we'll we'll wait for ours yeah. to come through We're come on queenie yeah uh, <laughs> next up delia derbyshire oh yes uh, has been honored with one of those famous blue plaques yeah uh, if you don't know what a blue plaque is it's those things that you see on listed buildings and other uh, important places where um, where uh, Adam's cracking up at something. No, I just, I'm just, I just imagined your house getting one. <laughs> <laughs> Gary from the Big Blue Box files. But as I don't know why, but as I thought that, I just imagined it being demolished. I don't know, that's what made me laugh. It's had a vision of a big. Anyway, sorry. Rightio, Delia Derbyshire has been um, the childhood home of Delia Derbyshire has been. Um, 
uh, honoured with a, a blue plaque. Um, and in the UK, these blue plaques are, you, you, you see them, like I said, dotted around on important buildings or buildings of significance. And mm. um, for those of you who don't know who Delia Derbyshire is, uh, she uh, came up with the, the original music uh, for the Hartnell series, so the original theme and some of the music. Um, and I th- think she was, uh, if memory serves, she was part of the the early, um, what was it called, the BBC? Radiophonic Workshop. Radiophonic, that's right, yeah. So mm-hmm. like an experimental thing with all sort of electronic and synth sounds at the time. And it was quite groundbreaking, quite ahead of its time. Yeah. And if you've seen um, an adventure in time and sp- space and time, time and space? Space and time. Space and time, I think. yeah. Um, there's a really good scene actually where um, they're showing the, the new theme, the new intro to um, what's his face? God, why are we so bad with names? <laughs> who, who are you trying to think of? You know the, um, the the boss of the BBC at the time. Oh, the guy yeah. with the glasses and the little pencil tash and what's his yeah. name? Oh, uh, completely gone. Yeah, I yeah. know. I know you mean. Yeah. So this is all no. Yeah. So there's a bit where. Um, who's the producer of who? The original one, the lady. Verity, Verity Lambert. Verity Lambert. Thank you, because my brain's not on this morning. So it's there's the a heat. bit. Blame the heat, mate. Yeah. So Verity Lambert. She's playing this theme that Delia Derbyshire had worked up, and people just got freaked out by it. They thought it was too creepy and it was spooky and it was just not very nice to listen to and so on. And uh, Verity said, "Well, she said, no, it's it's going in. You know, deal with it." Yeah. So it's thanks to people like Delia Derbyshire and the other people that were making that music at the time that we've got that iconic theme that we have now and all of that really cool, experimental, quirky music from the Hartnell, the early Hartnell years. So mm. um, really, really cool that the BBC have recognised this as a, you know, as a place and they've given it a plaque and so on. So um, uh, a person from the Beeb said... Uh, it's hugely prestigious to receive a British plaque trust blue plaque. That's a mouthful, isn't it? Mm. A British <clears throat> plaque trust blue plaque. Uh, it's usually only around two are awarded each year uh, to mark BBC Music Day across BBC local radio with 47 blue plaques is a fitting way to commemorate our listeners' passion and pride for where they live and to celebrate our musical heritage. So very good. Yeah, it's a nice thing. Colin Baker and Nicol and Bryant were there, weren't they, to unveil it as well, which is which is lovely. Really good. Col- Colin in a big hat. Yeah, Sydney yeah. Newman was the guy you were trying to. We That's were both trying guy. to think of there. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's the heat, mate. It's got to us right. Uh, in <laughs> other news, what have we got? Um, ratings. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, ratings. Um, how are we doing in the ratings? So, like, Empress of Mars is what's just come in, um, and it got a a final rating of five point. Zero two million. So that, as usual, these have gone up quite a bit since the yeah. since the overnights because I think the overnight was around three, was it three million, something like that. That's right. Yep. Uh, um, yeah, it's quite low. So yeah, yeah. Once they've totaled up all the other stuff and added it on, uh, it's come in at just over five million viewers, which isn't bad. It brings us in at twenty three in the uh, list of programs watched that week. Um, I've the bad news is that the Antiques Roadshow has beat us this week. I can't uh, believe this. I know, I know. I, I don't know why. I said that one always sticks more. I always check because like, we beat Antiques Roadshow this week, but we haven't. Um, so we're 23 um, below things like, um, well, obviously 20 versions of EastEnders, Emmerdale, Coronation, all that. <laughs> so take all that out as usual. Um, Countryfile beat us this week. 
and so did um have i got news for you but i guess there's a lot of topical stuff going on so yeah but um yeah it's okay five million it's not it's not it's not bad we're still kind of in in there doing our thing aren't we but yeah could could do better this is outrageous <laughs> how can we get beat how, how have we been beaten by country file in the antiques roadshow well, that is, on a yeah, saturday is, evening come on that is true what's um yeah because antiques roadshow limit that got that got an, an extra million viewers that got 6.1 million viewers antiques roadshow that is quite shocking actually come on doctor who fans has it come to this really has it really come to this yeah, yeah. actually it was quite a good episode as well wasn't it um of the antiques roadshow <laughs> yeah no I, I haven't watched that for years um but no doctor who was quite good uh <laughs> empress of mars we both quite quite like that one didn't we yeah both thought it was a good episode Decent. yeah Decent. so decent yeah yeah so at the top 30 with 23 yeah uh, we did beat uh diy sos the big build though so every oh, wow. cloud <laughs> yeah oh, that's all right then and all that so there we go there we go there we go lastly in the news actually no actually yes is it last that's, the, that's it for the news that's, that's it that's the news that's, isn't it? that's your lot <laughs> <laughs> right that's it for the news. So shall we see what our tin friend has got for us? He looks like he's got a lot. You better bring him in. <laughs> <laughs> the heat. It's the heat, I'm sure. It of is, it. it is, mate. It oh, is. crikey. We've lost it. We've lost it. Tack, get in here. <laughs> Match corner. Match corner. Match corner. <laughs> I don't know whether to be impressed or disgusted. It's a bit rubbish, but it's pretty. It's very pretty. So we mentioned earlier, certain someone called uh, Sir Derek Jacobi. Oh, yes. So he's going to be attending London Film Comic Con. Mm-hmm. Better news is that he's returning for Big Finish. Yes. As the master. Amazing. How amazing. Right. We only saw him as we watched Utopia, like we said earlier, on a Friday night yeah. with the Who Alex guys, right? And everybody thought the same thing. He, we only see him as the master for what? A matter of minutes. Yeah. Towards the end of that story. And because he's such a great actor, and when he turns to the master, you think, crikey, he could, he's really sinister as the master. Really, yeah. Really creepy. So... It's just another one of those genius decisions by Big Finish to bring back a character that you desperately wanted to see more of in the TV show. That just wasn't, you just couldn't do it because the way it was written, it was meant to be that big build up. Yeah. And sometimes that's the best TV when it leaves you wanting more. You know, True. it doesn't give you everything. And then you end up just with, you know, uh, a, a huge story that's given to you. And, you know, if, I think that was Ricky Gervais's concept for some of his series, like The Old Office and The Extras and stuff like that. He mm. always said that he was only ever going to do a couple of series because he really likes how Faulty Towers was finished. That's right, yeah, a lot just of pe- enough. Yeah, a lot of people said, why didn't they go on and do more Faulty Towers? And they said, well, actually, if you think about it, it leaves you at that point where you're like, oh, we could have, we want so much more. And it makes it, you know, a bit more appetizing, if you like. Yeah. So I'm really glad that they did that in a TV show because perhaps if they went on and did another episode or two with him as the master, 
it would have been a bit like, oh, you know, our imagination is filling in the gaps quite nicely of what he could have been mm. like. You mm. know? So I think Big Finish has really hit onto a uh, onto something with this one. I think it's going to be yeah. so good. Yeah. Yeah. I was like you said, it was the weird timing because um, it was pure chance that we ended up watching Utopia um, the other night, and then obviously this was announced, and uh, I don't know about you, mate, but I actually shrieked. I was like, oh my god, yes. <laughs> absolutely perfect for big finish because you know I, I just yeah i just think it's it's great i'm really hyped for this release it's coming out when is it, is it november time when's it coming out it's not not a million miles away it's not too far away i think it is it's um december yeah oh december okay yeah, yeah um and it's going to be a box set so you know if you pre-order it, it'll be around about 23 pounds for the cd 20 for the download so good price um does it say how many discs is it? It's normally three or four with it's their four, this one. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I, I'm I'm hyped for this release, mate. I th- I think it's uh it came a bit out of the blue, but it just seems like obviously of what's gonna happen in the show this week, uh, with the return of a certain character and everything, it just seems brilliantly timed. Yeah. Um artwork absolutely gorgeous love the artwork don't you yeah absolutely wonderful yeah i love it mm-hmm. it's it's yeah it just looks brilliant can't can't wait for it so yeah take my money big finish <laughs> take more of my money um yeah. there is there is one slight little thing for me that's quite oh. heartbreaking <clears throat> oh so the the title of the box set is called the war master oh yes yeah so how amazing would it have been to have the war doctor and the mm. war master sort of face off yeah, I wonder if that was ever a, a plan. I wonder if that was ever on the cards. But yes, that would have been awesome. That but would, yeah. But nevertheless, so actually, it's a five disc set. Five disc set. Okay, that's good for twenty five quid disc. then. Yeah. Yeah, uh, comprised of four. Sto- I imagine the fifth disc is a behind the scenes, normally uh, MacGuffin. Um, mm. So yeah, series one is called Beneath the Viscoid. Sorry, episode one. Sorry, episode two, The Good Master. Episode three, the Sky Man, and episode four, the Heavenly Pad- Paradigm. Okay, yeah, some great names of an old James Goss, Guy Adams, uh, and Nick Briggs actually wrote the first one. So I'm like, oh, did he? Yeah, oh, Briggsy, getting his hands dirty with some writing as well. So, mm-hmm. uh, and just lastly, um, uh, Mr. Jacoby did say, I didn't expect to come back to it all these years later, but I was thrilled to be remembered. The plots in all these episodes have been very good. Very interesting, very dramatic, and beautifully written. The whole process has been a delight. Oh, brilliant. So, great stuff. Yeah, really good stuff. Okay, also on uh, Dalek Tat's tray, uh, we've got a new Funko Pop. And it's only Clara. Uh, (laughs) So, anybody who likes your Funkos and anybody who likes Clara out there, this is going to be an SDCC exclusive, but they do tend to find their way over to the UK um, through Forbidden Planet and stores like that. So uh, no doubt she'll she'll get over here at some point. Um, as Funkos go, I actually don't mind this one. I mean, I'm not a fan of Clara, as I'm sure a lot of our listeners know, but uh, it's the one where she's wearing a sort of red tartan dress and black um, pullover. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. What, what a, a lady, what's the lady's equivalent of a pullover? But yeah, she, she's wearing that. Yeah, so she, yeah, the tartan skirt and the black tights and the boots and That's I think it. it's a black cardigan with the white shirt underneath, I think. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's not a bad one to go for. I mean, it's enough to recognize it as Clara, isn't it? Yeah. I would say. Yeah. I, it's I'm not into it this one, I'll be honest with you no. because I don't feel like it warrants an exclusive release. It list, it looks just like a standard range one to me. There's mm-hmm. nothing about it that says wow, this is a cool exclusive or anything. So, 
But if you're into Clara, then keep your eye out on eBay just after San Diego and Forbidden Planet International and so on. But mm. yeah, not too fussed about that one. Mate. You passed on that one. What yeah. happened to that? There was a Rory exclusive that came out a couple of weeks ago. I never don't know what happened to that. Oh, it's disappeared off the radar. The Centurion one. Yeah, in the Centurion. Yeah, I haven't seen that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not at all. Anyway, yes, there we go. Another pop on its way. Uh, moving on, a new book is coming out later in the year. Another book. Which I'm going to pre-order, I think, because I think this looks brilliant. This is Doctor Who, The Tales of Terror. And Ooh. it's 12 chilling horror stories from across all of time and space. It's going to be released just in time for, well, just prior to Halloween. So oh, perfect. A new <laughs> spine-chilling collection of, uh, yes, 12 short illustrated adventures packed with terrifying Doctor Who monsters and villains. Uh, so the six authors are Jacqueline Rayner, Mike Tucker, uh, Paul Magars, I think that's how you say it. Oh, uh, Paul Margs, he's good. Yeah, yeah. Richard Dungworth, Scott Hancock, and Craig Donoghue. Um, and what's really cool is they're they're short illustrated. So if you're, it's like a cross between like a comic and you know good old fashioned book, but uh, it's not a full on graphic novel. But I just really like the sound of more sort of adult horror stories based on mm. on who. I mean, I'm I'm not sure how appropriate it'll be for our younger. Uh, listeners um, i don't think it's going to be anything quite graphic or anything like that but there's just something cool about having a slightly darker horror story based on who because we haven't really we've had the odd story that's been a bit creepy with who yeah. over the years you know i mean we've had some quite scary episodes but we've not had anything that's dedicated to the the you know the horror side so um when's this due out it is due out in just while you were September. looking for that, I was going to say, I recognise a lot of the names that you read out there in the authors, and um, a lot of them are, re- you know, the ones I recognise are, are really good, actually, like Mike Tucker and, um, yeah. Ella, um, what's her name, Rainer? Eleanor? No. Jacqueline Rainer. Jacqueline Rainer, yeah, yeah. they've done some other um, good stories for Doctor Who, so, yeah, it does sound quite promising, that one. Yeah. Uh, like you said, it'd be good if it was quite dark and perfectly timed with uh, Halloween and stuff. I'm wondering if it's in the same style as, um, you know, you've had a couple of books out recently, like The, the Brief History and uh, Myths and Legends, and this one's got a cover that seems to fit in with uh, that right, yeah. style. Do you think it's sort of in that same sort of vein? Because well if be. it is, yeah. if it is, it might be good. Because I, I picked up, um, I didn't actually buy it. Uh, um, what was it? It was the brief history of Time Lords, right? Which yeah. is a, um, we talked about a few months back on the podcast. You know, that was coming out. Um, I saw it in the shop, and I thought, you know, I couldn't. It's the first time I've seen it in hand, and uh, I wasn't sure because there's so many dot two books come out. It was gorgeous. I, I opened it up and I was like, this is a lovely little book, actually, because mm-hmm. obviously all I'd seen up until this point was the cover. Unfortunately, it was a little bit battered. Um, so I went onto FP website. They'd got it for a couple of pounds cheaper. So the next time I did my comic order, I ordered that as well. Oh, cool. Because yeah. you could get it signed from them. Uh, that was two and a half weeks ago and I'm still waiting for it. But the point <laughs> is, um, the point is, it's a really nice book. So I'm hoping that if the other two books are in that same style, including this one, um, they're, they're really nice. Like they've got nice, really nice illustrations and stuff in. So yeah, I don't know about this one. I'm assuming it's the same. I'll have to see when it comes out, but yeah, yeah it could be, could be a good one to get. It's out in September. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, what else has he got on that tray then? Oh my goodness. My favorite. <laughs> Oh, everybody knows I love a blind box. The Titans have just uh, announced their next range of Doctor Who ones. Um, I <laughs> I don't know what Gary thinks of these, but I love them. This this new range they've got coming out. Um, it's called the 
uh, what is it called? Partners, Partners in Time. In time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Partners in Time collection. It's very random. I mean, they've got like all sorts in here. There doesn't seem to be such a theme like they have before. But um, but personally, and I'm, I'm going to just get this in before Gary comes in because I don't know if it'll agree with me. I love the look of it. I want every single one of them. Uh, especially Nardole. Um, so they've got Donna, the 10th Doctor in his orange spacesuit with glowing eyes, Martha, <laughs> Nardole, 12th Doctor, Bill, the 4th Doctor in a grey coat, Sarah Jane from Hand of Fear, bizarrely a little Minis Tardis console, which I really want. Um, oh, this is the only one that I'm not too sure about. They've got the 11th Doctor, which is kind of wearing nothing but a towel. <laughs> That's a bit disturbing. Uh, you've got Craig uh, in the King's Arm top from the Lodger. And finally, the face of Bo. Imagine a face of Bo Titan. Um, I'm a little bit excited about these because I love these figures and I love getting them. And I get frustrated when I get four or five of the same figure because obviously you don't know what you're getting until you open the box. But yeah, I'm very excited for this um, new set, mate. Uh, I'm probably a lot more than you. But um, yeah, I don't know when they're coming out. They haven't given a release date yet, have they? Uh, November. November is it? Mm-hmm. Take my money now. Yeah, are you liking any of these? Are you? You're not. I know you're not as into these as me, but are you, are you liking any of these little figures? I like a couple of them. Do you? Yeah, on, then. I really like the the tenth Doctor with the glowing eyes and the space. Suit. Oh, okay, all right, yeah, it's very cool. cool. Uh, I like uh, the fourth Doctor. He looks great. Yeah. Um, I like the TARDIS console on the face of Bo, and I quite like the Sarah Jane one. It's quite cool. I thought you'd like Bo. When I, when this came out, mm. I thought, I'm sure Gary at least liked the face of Bo one, because he looks very cool. Yeah, yeah. For, and the others I'm not too fussed about, so uh, nah. Nardo and Martha and Donna. I do Craig want the Nardo one, yeah. yeah. Uh, not mm. too fussed. I might, well, it's very difficult, isn't it? I can't say, well, I'll pick up a couple, because that's not how you play the game with blind boxes. You have to no. go through a million of them before you get the one you want, but I'll probably <laughs> pick up half a dozen and see see how we get on. You can, yeah, I was going to say, I know when they release them, you can buy like the whole box set and it's normally around 150 quid. Yeah. Um, so you, that at least that way, you know, you, you've <laughs> pretty much got them all. And they normally do a couple of chase figures as well. So there's always a couple of rare ones, um, really hard to get. Um, and they often sell for ridiculous money on eBay if you do get them. Um, but the, yeah, I sometimes wonder, is it worth is it worth buying, you know, because that's 150 quid, because I buy them individually, and I think I probably end up spending more than that just trying to get them all. So it's a difficult choice, but I've never bought a complete box set um, as much as I'd love to. But, yeah, we'll see. Um, I'm looking forward to these anyway. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of our listeners are as well. They are, they are quite popular. Yeah, yeah, yeah they are. Yeah. Uh, lastly. Uh, Here he is. In merch. So when we, when we talked about this several, several weeks ago, uh, it's the it's the uh, the mashup the Mister Men Doctor Who mashup and we um, we spoke about the the new books and all the the cool merchandise that they were launching with at the Hargreaves um, website and so on and we looked through it and we like we're missing a couple though aren't we mm. we're missing a couple um, and they've strange well is it no it's not really strange they've uniquely announced um, the tenth Doctor as yeah. Uh, uh, a new book called The Christmas Surprise. Ooh. And uh, yes, so it's, it's, a, it's a new book that's out in October, October the 5th. And um, it, yeah, it's basically an adventure around the 10th Doctor mashup. Yeah. So no regular book. So um, 8, 9, what who was it? 8, 9, 10. No, sorry, 8, 9, 11. 
two, seven, and another one. They all got their own little book. Oh, the first doctor as well. They all got their own little book and some merchandise to go with it. You could pick up key rings and notebooks and, and all that jazz. Um, but it's strange that they haven't done any of that stuff for the 10th Doctor. Yeah, so it is. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's going to come next year or whatever after Christmas, but at least he's there. And he does look very tenanty. Um, mm. And I think it's just because uh, because they've nailed the look of most of these, haven't they? Especially the seventh Doctor, the second Doctor. Uh, yeah, I love the look of the seventh. The yeah. first one, the ninth to an extent. I'm not. I'm still not that sold on the eighth Doctor. He looks no, way he too... looks like the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, not too sold on that one. But um, I think they've nailed the tenth Doctor one. He's got a, a Santa hat on, so it's not hundred percent legit. But uh, he does look very good. So we'll see. So it's a new book, the uh, Doctor Tenth Christmas Surprise! Exclamation yeah. mark. Yeah, just good to have him join in the range, I think. So it doesn't leave, you know, obviously I assume they're going to fill in the gaps next year or at some point. Yeah, it's good to have him join yeah. the range. Your, your uh, wife will be pleased, won't she? she yeah. That's the first thing she said, wasn't it, when you said about the Mr. Men book? She's like, where's 10? Yeah, that was the first yeah. thing she said was, where's the 10th Doctor then? So Yeah, so she'll have him in some form. I had to calm her down for a little bit. <laughs> um, yeah, but there was, I did read something else as well about these uh, these these Mr. Men stuff, where is it? Oh, is it about the box set? Yeah, there's going to be a box set on the way, isn't there? As well. Yeah. Uh, so they've, they're going to package together the first eight titles. Mm. Um, and they're going to be a deluxe collectible box. And it comes with a, new, a poster and some artwork by Adam Hargreaves. And so, uh, yeah, that's going to be really cool, actually. Um, the box set. So if you haven't picked up the all the individual little books yet and anything, um, you can pick it up. I think it's going to be about £35. Yeah. Roughly. But that would be cool as well. It will be. Although I presumably they'll do another box set when they've done the remaining three or whatever. So yeah, don't know. Still quite cool. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we're finally done for news and merch. Yes. Some good stuff in there. Some very good stuff. Uh, Mm. Right. Adam. Yes. The old mucker. Can you hear the music? Not yet. (laughs) <laughs> that uh, was bagpipes yeah <laughs> <laughs> that was bagpipes was it that's what it was uh done yes what Gary, we I'm do not this week? Do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the eaters of light the ninth legion and the keeper of the gate they disappeared except they didn't where is my friend and what destroyed the roman army something here managed to wipe out five thousand romans of sunlight that feeds it makes the world darker and the beast stronger the beast stronger mm. so the eaters of light near the end of series 10 oh coming around fast mm. yeah so 17th of june normal 45 minute run it was directed by charles palmer and written by rona monroe yeah classic series writer I couldn't see that many, well, we'll come on to it in a bit. I couldn't see that many uh, moth fingerprints over this one, except one potential big one. And I Oh, okay. I still don't know if it is yet or not. I, I still can't make my mind Ooh, up this. I'm trying to think what that is then. Mm. So after the episode went out, Twitter just went crazy with, did you see? Yeah. Blah, blah. <laughs> did you see? You know, and that got me thinking. I think, you know, was that? Was that, or is it just a coincidence? I'm not sure, but we'll come on to it. So, 
the Doctor, Bill and Nardo, very much to the uh, chagrin of Nardo, are in Scotland on an adventure when they should be guarding the vault. And uh, it's basically a, a, a competition of of knowledge between the Doctor and Bill. So she reckons that she knows everything about the Ninth Legion of the Roman army. And the Doctor says that he knows everything about it because he's been there and lived it and done it, X, Y, and Z. So they separate off to go and look for said Ninth Legion and they run into a big beastie that has uh, strange things launching out of its mouth that uh, seemingly um, just disintegrate all, all light from a person when they're captured and that they run into another uh, band of people the barbarians who are basically kids and uh, what at first glance looks like just a big fight between the Romans and these barbarians turns out to be a fight for survival really and um, yeah and the uh, the doctor and and Bill um, sort of put their differences aside about who was right who was wrong I think they were both wrong at the end um, and defeat the beastie, put it back in the portal, and then we have a quite a cool scene with Missy again at the end. Yeah, I hope she's getting paid enough. You know, <laughs> what Missy? Yeah, Michelle Gomez. Because you probably thought, right, lovely, series ten's coming up. That's a few more quid in the pocket. That's another handbag or a pair of shoes, whatever. <laughs> but the moth's like, don't get too comfortable, love. You're only in it for twelve minutes. <laughs> not even that each episode you're in it for a few minutes but anyways I think that might all change next week but we'll see hopefully yeah, yeah. yeah. okay so the eaters of light what are your feelings on this one mate um didn't enjoy it simple as that <laughs> <laughs> I didn't enjoy it um I was really I was really disappointed Adam can just for future reference on further shows can you just not mince your words, please? Don't sugarcoat it. <laughs> Don't, I won't drag it out. Yep. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I didn't enjoy it. I, I, was, I was really looking forward to this one because obviously Rona Monroe wrote Survival, the last classic story and all that. And I was just like thinking, yeah, great to have a new, you know, uh, sorry, a classic writer back on board for the new series and stuff. And um, yeah, I, I, I watched it just after it went out. So um, I had a couple of glasses of wine, but, you know, I sat there and I watched it. I was bored rigid um, oh. and I couldn't see half of what was going on because obviously it's so bright at the minute of the sun and it was a very dark episode. So I had half the, <laughs> half the time I couldn't see the screen because because uh, it was quite a dark episode. Um, so, yeah, so it wasn't a great first view. And I thought, well, you know, I've had a few drinks. I'll, you know, watch it on uh, watch it on Tuesday before we record again properly sober after work, which I did. And, uh, and I was actually quite looking forward to giving it a rewatch because I kind of felt like um, I probably wasn't in the right mood at the time on Saturday. Do you know what I mean? I'd sort of been drinking with friends in the garden and come in to watch it and blah, blah, blah. So I watched it properly on Tuesday, sat down totally as if I hadn't really seen it because I couldn't remember anything that it was about or, or like I said didn't really get the gist of it because I couldn't see half of it on a first watching right. and uh, yeah I just sat there and I was just like really really bored I uh, just uh, you know I was re I really wanted to like it I was, I was really I was sort of grasping at straws really just thinking oh well you know that's a good bit of story I suppose and then I was thinking oh it's not though is it I'm, I I can't lie I was I was really trying to convince myself that it was <laughs> it was it was, you know, some good stuff going on. And even to the point that I was saying to myself, well, it's slow because it's, you know, it's got that very classic, you know, uh, almost like a Pertwee 
story where it's you know it's a lot lot of talking and you know this is very classic style and i was just thinking actually no i'm just again just trying to convince that it's just boring i i just <laughs> i just didn't enjoy it mate i'm afraid i really wanted to but i didn't at the end of the day i mean there there was a few bits i liked but um for me it felt like a wasted episode um because I, I suppose because we're so close to the end of series 10 um you know this is you know what episode is this is this actually episode 10 um 10 11 12 anyway it, it felt like it shouldn't be at this point in the series like normally we're ramping things up big time uh, mm-hmm. towards the mm-hmm. final and it just felt like a really lackluster episode uh, at this point in the series if you, if that makes sense so yeah i'm afraid i didn't enjoy it um, what about you okay right um i think i enjoyed it a bit more than you okay good um i thought it was one of those sort of middle of the road episodes where yeah the best way i can describe it is if it if it was on tv and i had nothing else to watch and i was browsing through and it was on then i would probably watch it but i wouldn't say it's one that i would reach for off the shelf if i purposely want if i said so i'm going to make um i'm going to make a decision i'm going to watch a capaldi episode which one we're going to watch it probably wouldn't be this one no that's the best way I can sort of say it, really. Um, so, yeah, I just thought it was really middle of the road. I thought it had some good ideas. I thought it's, uh, you know, I, I quite like, I mean, as usual, we'll get on to Capaldi later, but I thought that Capaldi really had to carry this one. Yeah. For the most part. Uh, I, I quite like the, I quite like how it was set up. So the, the two kids on the hill at the beginning, mm-hmm. you know, I thought, that was quite good, but then they didn't really explore that at all until right at the end. It's a nice way to sort of close the episode off, I guess, but there wasn't much else there. Um, I was really looking forward to seeing how this one would pan out, actually, because as we know, Rona Monroe wrote the very last episode of Classic Who. She wrote Survival for McCoy. Mm. So I thought, well, this is going to be interesting. We've got a classic writer coming back, bags of experience with Who. Let's see how this goes. But I think... Not that not that that set my expectations too high, but I just thought you know this could be really cool. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it just ended up falling a wee bit flat. Really, I think the, I thought the supporting cast were, for the most part, pretty poor. Mm. Uh, mainly the Romans, really, the Ninth Legion guys. I thought they were very poor. Um, and uh, Bill. Yeah, not too bad. Nardo was very funny, liked him in it. Uh, but overall, yeah, I just I just thought it was quite flat. I, I, I mean, I enjoyed watching it. I didn't turn it off or anything, but mm. yeah, I just, yeah, not just going to shout about it afterwards. Did you see who? It was amazing. It was not like that. So. It did make me think, because obviously we'd watched that Utopia <laughs> the night before, uh, yeah, the night before. And I just, I was trying not to, but I couldn't help comparing the two because we were sort of saying, you know, about at the time, we were all saying like how good the show was back then. And it is true. I know people are sick of hearing it, but it's true. When we were watching Utopia the night, we were, sc- all of us in that chat were screaming at the TV. And I, I was trying to put that out of my mind the whole time. But because it was the night before, I was watching it thinking, this is a million miles away from that, you know. And I know not every episode has to be, you know, um, shout at the screen moment. But, but there, yeah, like you said, I mean, would I go into work on Monday and say, oh, did you see Doctor Who? No, I wouldn't. Because it, it was just like, 
it, yeah, I can't imagine it holding many people's attention unless they're a hardcore fan. I, I really can't. I can't imagine anybody coming in, sitting down, saying, oh, Doc Two's on. Is it what's happening this week? Watching it and, and staying watching it. I mean, my partner was clawing the, the walls um, on Saturday night. And, he, and he, he will happily watch Doc Two. He likes Doctor Who. Right. If it's a good story, he will happily mm-hmm. sit there and watch it with me every week. He was just like, oh, how, you know, he, he couldn't wait for me to switch it off. He's just like, oh, God, is it still on? And I was like, yeah, 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 but it, it yeah, it, <laughs> it was disappointing. I have to say, the best thing in it, um, just picking up on the things you were saying just then, um, I agree about the supporting cast. I thought they were very average, but I, was, I really liked Nardole this week. He's about yeah, the best thing yeah. in it for me. Um, and I've got to say, and hopefully I didn't give too much away on because you may have seen my Facebook post, but for the first time, although it did start to creep in last week, if you remember me saying, but I, Bill was irritating me this week. Um, and, and that, again, was kind of really my enjoyment because I've loved Bill um, for most of this series. I really loved her to begin with. And then gradually her character is starting to unravel a bit for me. And it all started when she fired three rounds into the doctor in, in um, pyramids or whatever that episode oh, okay. was called. Yeah. So that was, you know, that was the first bit. And then, and then last week, if you remember, I was saying she was getting a little bit cocky. I said, Oh, I don't know if I like, you know, Bill's getting a bit confident now. And we were saying it was progression, the character, but this week I just found her quite irritating. And, uh, um, just, you know, it started with her sort of, you know, mouthing off to the doctor at the start and, and all that. And I don't know, I just, I didn't like Bill this week. Um, and I, uh, it, again, it just affected my enjoyment of the overall episode, really, because I've really liked her up to this point. But yeah, she was she was annoying me this week. I, oh, I was dear. just finding her a bit bit. She reminds me of the sort of I don't know that she sort of lost the innocence. She's lost the she's become a bit mouthy. She's a bit gobby. She's a bit serious two rows. It's just like no, <laughs> where's that nice innocent? You know, where's where's Bill from from the earlier episodes? I don't know. I didn't. I I think I'm in a minority, although a lot of people did agree with me on on Twitter, but a lot of people didn't agree with me as well. So, um, yeah, I don't know, but it, yeah, it's just a shame because she's been sort of a bit like a parody carrying some of the episodes a bit for me, even if it's a episode that's a bit below par, right. um, mm-hmm. I've sort of loved Bill in it and I've said, Oh yeah, but Bill was great this week and she carried the episode a bit. And, but this week she just irritated me. So I don't think that helped. Oh dear. Yeah. Do you, do, what did you say? Do you still think Bill's good? Do yeah. you still like Bill? Yeah, I do. I do still yeah. like Bill, but I can, I can also see where you're coming from, mate. I can see that, and we we said this last week, didn't we? Was it last week we said it's, that? Yeah, I found her just a little bit last week, just starting to creep in. Yeah, but this week I yeah. found it was a bit sort of full on in terms of the fact that she's she's become a little bit, for want of a better word, a bit gobby, um, which is what I don't like. You know, she's sort of answering the doctor back, whereas in the earlier episode there was this real nice chemistry between the two of them where she was he was the teacher and she really respected him and and now she's a bit like ready to just have a go at anybody that's in front of her sort of thing i'm thinking oh no i don't like that you know yeah i can totally see where you're coming from mate and i think we said this last week and you said oh i'm not sure if bill's getting too confident and you know a bit too lippy Mm -hmm. and stuff like that and you know I, i i still think that that this is just a progression of her character yeah. You know, I still, I, I don't think that this is by accident. I don't think that all of a sudden she's just, you know, mouthy and confident and, you know, where's this come from? I think this is planned. I think she's been written this way throughout the series where as she's traveled more and more with the doctor and she's been around him a lot more, she has grown to be more confident with him and more relaxed. So she can speak her mind more and, and stuff like that. But 
Mm. At the same time, I do agree with you though. There was like, especially at the beginning when they land in um, Wales, stroke through Scotland. <laughs> yeah, where she says the the doctor's quite calm as well. He's not getting, he's not reacting to her. He's just saying, you know, I've been there, bought the t-shirt, sort of thing. I know what's going on. And she's like, no, nope, I've read all about it. I know what's going on. Mm. So I did think, oh, you're not really in a position to start arguing history with somebody like the doctor, you know. Yeah. You know, that is a bit overconfident, I suppose. But it is a bit of a tough one, mate. Because, uh, you know, where where do you sit with it? Do you think, well, she's just, you know, we would all be like that? Or is it a case of, no, she's being cocky and I'm not... I think a lot of people liken it to Rose as well. That's the problem. Whenever yeah. you have a companion that gets a little bit above their station and a little bit, uh, you know, <laughs> everyone starts flinging the, the Rose card around. So... Mm. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's just the first episode for me where I've really sort of like, you know, shone off her a bit, if you like. Um, I've really liked her up to this point. Um, and uh, like I said, for me, Nardo was the standout. You know, um, I absolutely loved him in this week's episode. It was the only thing that really kept me going was his silly little one-liners. And, you know, I just thought he brought a nice, nice uh, sort of comedy edge to it without being too silly. You know, just the little one-liners and stuff. Yeah, I, I really liked Nardole this week. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I, I thought he was great, Nardole. I mm. really did. I thought he was... He's he still got that balance right for me. He's still got that comedy humour factor, but also quite serious when he has to be. Mm. You know, there. Uh, you know, at the very beginning, maybe it was really give the doctor, giving the Doctor a hard time. Yeah. Know, like, why are we here? You know, there's more important things to be doing, like guarding the vault and Missy and all that. And uh, but then he sort of goes with the flow a little bit, so he starts to go with the doctor and and that. And then when the doctor's been away for what seems like a few seconds for him, but a couple of days for Nardole, when he returns, Nardole's got the face paint on, and you yeah, know well, that's the bit I liked. He's <laughs> yeah. like, "Have you been looking? You have been looking for Bill, haven't you?" And he's like, "Um, well, we we did look, yeah." And I just again, it's the chemistry between him and the yeah. doctor that I, yeah. I absolutely love. Yeah. Um, just just going back to Bill for a second, um, because I I know a lot of people brought this up. Um, about the fact that she does seem to keep banging on about, because there was this whole thing that they weren't going to make a big deal about the fact that she's gay. Um, and a, a few people have said, you know, after this week's episode, she does seem to want to tell everybody, like every bloke seems to fancy her, and it does seem to be a little bit shoehorned in. Yeah. And I, I haven't really felt that up until this week's. <laughs> um, I did feel that scene, did feel the, the dialogue felt totally unnatural to me. The, the, the guy just, he didn't even like, come on to or anything he just you know smiled at whatever and she's suddenly like oh whoa 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 sorry mate hang on let's just get this straight because <laughs> that was another thing that just really irritated me about her you know her character this week she's just like she, oh, i don't know i don't know if you felt it but i i just felt it seemed a little out of place it's like yeah bill you're gay you don't have to go around telling everybody you meet you know we get it, it it's making a big deal out of something that shouldn't be a big deal out of it if, if that makes sense i mean even my partner said and I mean, he wasn't, he was barely watching the episode, but even he said, oh, what's she going on about that for? Like, well, you know, because it seemed out of nowhere, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Did you feel it? It felt very shoehorned to me. Yeah. It was almost like a repeat of Knock Knock, where the, the guy walks her up to the, up to her floor and she has to say to him, you know, I'm not into guys. Yeah. But I didn't, I didn't mind mm -hmm. that because I was thinking that felt more natural because they are going to be living in the same house. They're students, they're young guys. And we all know, you know, that's a very natural situation, but the, the guy didn't even like flirt with her this week. And she's suddenly like, whoa, 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 hang on, mate. Whoa. 
I was just like, oh no, it, it just it just didn't seem to necessary to me. No, no, I, I agree with you. I, I think um, it, it, what I mean is, it just felt like it was a repeat of that. Yeah, it, al- yeah. almost word for word, um, which just didn't need to to happen. Like you say, it doesn't need to be shoehorned in for us to get that she's gay. You know, we we got that from like the very very important overcooked you know bbc announcement about it you know the whole mm. world you know it was rammed down our throats that you know we've we've got a, a, a gay companion you know the b took it upon themselves to to really hammer that point home before the series even started so yeah. we don't need to be reminded of it every episode yeah you know it or, just or felt every very shoehorned to me yeah. yeah and again that annoyed me as well i just thought oh, you know it's another sort of negative if you like to this episode for me yeah yeah no i read you man it's um mm-hmm. It's it's very bizarre as well that um, we we have we've not visited the university in a while either. So it was what I found really cool about the first bunch of episodes, if you like, before the monks trilogy, was that we had this very nice, almost base of operations, if you like, for the Doctor, where we had a really cool, really great designed office with all these nice little um, um, elements in there, little throwbacks to Who and. And all that stuff. And we had Bill doing her own thing, but then she goes and sees the Doctor. And, you know, and we seem to have lost that bit of early charm of the, mm. the series, if you like. Now, it, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's great that we're out on another adventure. It feels a little bit like Tooth and Claw, where the TARDIS just lands in a field somewhere and we get caught mm. up in an adventure. That's good. But it feels like, you know, we, we haven't, we've, we've lost that early part of the series that made it quite special. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I've got to agree with 100%. Because I was thinking this yesterday after watching it. I was thinking, Series 10 is really fizzling out for me. And surely it should be ramping up. Um, like, yeah. yeah, it's as if the... Because the buff said it was going to be fit, feel fresh. It was going to be a good jumping on point for new viewers. And I kind of took that with a pinch of salt at the time. But, but you know, two or three episodes into Series 10... I was thinking, yeah, he's done it. The moth's delivered on what he said. He's actually, it feels fresh. It's, uh, you know, it's a new, like you said, it's lovely having the doctor having his little office. It reminds me of Pertwee mm-hmm. and, you know, when he was stuck on earth with unit and having his little laboratory and stuff like that. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was loving this, like you said, new feel to the series. And I've got to say, ever since the monks trilogy, I feel like, I feel like the Moffat's kind of gone in there full of energy. He's got his coffee. He's got the series off to a good start. It's all flowing great. Yeah, I'm just popping out for a fag, guys. <laughs> he's gone out and he's just slightly taking his eye off the ball because the series seems to have really fizzled out in the last sort of few episodes, apart from the Ice Warrior episode, I would say, which I quite enjoyed. But, you know, the Monks trilogy fizzled out into nothing. Um, this episode was as dull as dishwater for me. It, it just, you know, this second half of series 10 feels very much like the Moff's taking his eye off the ball a bit because there's been some great potential in there. The Monks trilogy could and should have been fantastic. Yes. And it really yeah. wasn't, you know. It's, it just feels like it's, um, yeah, like all the good stuff was at the start. And it, I'll tell you, this final needs to deliver because otherwise um, the second half of this series is is yeah is nowhere near as good as the first half yeah i agree yeah. and it, you know there's an argument to say that you know should the should the monks trilogy have taken up that much of the series mm. you know especially feel- as capaldi's last i think that's what people keep thinking they're like you know that's three episodes of capaldi that we won't get back you know what i mean it's like i think that adds to it yeah and yeah. it's um yeah it's that could have been a two-parter easily, 
mm. that Monks trilogy. And then we could have had another great episode where straight after the Monks trilogy, maybe we go back to university for a bit, you know, and we, we do that stuff. I don't, I don't know. It's just, mm. it, it's, it's easy for us to sit here and say, oh, it should have been this way and they should have done that. But I yeah. guess when you're working on the show, it's quite difficult to, to do that. And, you know, you can't please everybody. You just have to go with your gut. I mean, that's one thing, actually, that we will say about the moth. He does go with his gut, doesn't he? Yeah. You know, even if, like, you've got a million fans screaming at you saying, you know, enough is enough, he's still just defiant to the end. He's still like, no, this is what I feel. This is what I believe. We're going to do it this way. And, yeah, oh, uh, no, he does. I, I mean, I do respect the moth. He does, yeah, like you said, he he does what he wants to do. And and that's it. And he just and that's what he does. But yeah, I don't know. I just felt this series was really rocking and rolling. And now it's as if like they, you know, it just seems to have, I don't know, drifted a bit. Yeah, I know. I know just, what you mean. Yeah, yeah. And uh, also, um, with this episode, like I said earlier, I feel like we've gone back to some of the Matt Smith era, where some of the moth episodes that he wrote for Matt Smith were quite crap. Let's be honest. Yeah. But because Matt Smith's performance was so good, he carried the episode and then you end up giving your... Well, so when we've reviewed some of the Matt Smith episodes, we've said the story was pretty rubbish. wasn't that great, but we can't really take marks off. If anything, we'll put marks on because Matt Smith just carried it and he was just amazing to watch. Yeah, and that's I feel true like, of a lot of his. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like this is a classic example of that where mm. the story's been mediocre, not brilliant, it's watchable, but it's not great. However, Capaldi's performance is, was just amazing. And it's just, you know, made it more watchable and carried it. I will say, yeah, I will say Capaldi was was excellent in this. Um, as always, he's really, really good. Um, he's been very good this this whole series. And he, he was good in this. Uh, and I loved, as I said earlier, the interaction with Nardo and everything I thought was great. So, yeah, I suppose if anything, he did carry the episode, but it wasn't enough to to stop me you know, looking at the clock and looking at my phone, if you know what I mean. Um, I, I think is, I think because I knew it was historical as well. Mm -hmm. And we've got, you know, um, such an acclaimed writer as Rona Monroe, maybe, you know, my expectations were expecting something else. Um, but I don't know a lot about, I'm not going to lie. I don't know a lot about history, but a lot of people are saying that it's so it's also incredibly inaccurate in terms of its facts and and stuff like that so if that's true i mean i don't really know i, I didn't sit there thinking oh that's wrong that never happened because mm -hmm. i just don't know yeah. but a lot of people are saying it was very factually incorrect which is a shame because when doctor who started part of the show was to educate children and i was hoping that maybe they were going to do a bit of the, you know i assumed that's where we were going with this mm -hmm. episode being a sort of historical um but obviously not if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. I didn't I don't know enough about it to to really comment. I didn't as I said, I didn't sit there sort of marking off all the errors, but apparently there there were quite a lot. Um but the other thing was I there was no threat really from that monster thing. Although it actually looked fairly decent, I thought. Did you did you think? Uh the monster thing. Um, the, the the light thing looked okay. Yeah, do you know what whatever I think, it was, the beast? Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't too crazy about the beast. I'll be honest with you. I mean, I didn't feel any threat from it though. There was, you know, I never thought, God, you know, look out, it's coming. <laughs> just, that was yeah. the other thing. It didn't have any sort of threat to the episode, which is something um, Den of Geek picked up on on their 
their sort of initial review there was like you know there is no threat to this episode at all yeah, um yeah. which it could have you know that could have helped ramp up a bit but um no i don't know i thought the beast looked okay when it was on screen it wasn't in it very much was it no that's the other thing i mean again it's another thing with this episode where you it's you could have gone one way or the other because in some who episodes when you don't have much of the the threat of the monster revealed it does play on your mind a little bit more and you do mm. think you know what what if you only show it from a distance and keep it at arm's reach, then you allow your mind to create the, the the fear and the threat and what it might look like in in detail. Yeah. But then on the other hand, you think, well, if we can't see what the threat is, then it's not much of a threat. And they did keep it quite. I, I'm not sure what the budget was like on this one, but they did keep it quite um uh, quite loose in its details because they only ever showed it either at a distance in the dark. Mm. you know and the blue light things that came out of its the tentacle things that came out of its mouth i thought that was quite good that they did yeah. that quite well um but i thought the design of the creature was quite lazy to be honest i think that's something that we've seen in tv and film over and over again mm. like the the uh the the big dog lizardy yeah i was gonna say lizard yeah. thing we, we've seen that <clears throat> so many times they could have done something a bit different with that but mm. yeah i don't I think I agree with you, mate. I just think the threat wasn't there enough. We had that looming sort of danger of something being outside, which is quite good. Yeah. We, you know, with everybody um, sort of barricaded in and quite scared to go outside, that was pretty good. Although it did jar a little bit with the Romans' attitude towards it. So mm. at times they were very much, well, let's just get out there and uh, and and get it. But yet they were happy to sort of barricade inside and and not do anything and yeah that's yeah, true yeah yeah um, so again it just sort of fizzled a bit didn't it it did it did fizzle yeah. a little bit i mean let's we, we, we we're going down that road aren't we where we're we're gonna bash it till we get to our score let's talk about some good stuff though yeah, I was going to say, because you, you said you enjoyed it a bit more than me. And I, I'll yeah. be honest with you, I've got very little, if next to none, positives written down on my pad. So, yeah, tell, tell me a bit about, you know, what you liked about it, what you thought was good. So I really liked the uh, the idea of um, the Doctor being trapped in another portal and that time difference where he's in it for just a few seconds. and then Oh, yes. You know, and then back in our, quote unquote, world you know he's been gone for days yeah so i liked that i yeah. like that aspect i just wish they'd played more into it that's what mm. i was hoping for i was hoping that we'd have maybe uh five minutes of the doctor more in the portal and then when he's come out we've had a bit more progression with what's happened outside because mm. the only thing that changed really was just nardo around the campfire telling stories <laughs> which is quite yeah. fun you know i like that it was yeah. really funny it was really really nice moment for nardo and that's what i said earlier he had a great episode i feel he did he had some great lines he said mm. something about death death by scotland or something didn't he and there was all that <laughs> stuff about second class at the beginning and stuff. i think he had some lovely lines this week mm. um yeah i will yeah. say that yeah yeah and it's uh and a lot of people have warmed to him i think because i think mm. there were still some some uh initial feelings of oh crikey it's just matt lucas doing his you know comedy one-liner rubbish but i i do feel like he's grown into that character really well and i it, really like him yeah. yeah um so yeah i mean i like that aspect of it i just wish they'd explored it a little bit more 
Um, mm-hmm. I also like the fact that at the beginning, anyway, it felt like it was going to be a good historical. Yeah. I felt like we we're going to have a lot more. Because the only thing we saw really was a handful of Romans, weren't we? I mean, I know it's the point because the Ninth Legion, they were just a small band of, of of soldiers. But there was one scene where the Doctor and, and Nardole, they'd come up to like the crest of a hill and they overlooked like thousands of, of Roman camps and stuff like that. And, you know, it was all burning and stuff like that. Mm. And I thought, wow, there's like thousands of Romans involved. You know, it's going to be quite a good historical story. But it, it we they left that there. You know, they just yeah. left all that alone. I think, like you said, uh, it did feel like the sort of um, the budget episode of the series, which is fair enough. I guess they've got to have one where they, you know, minimise the budget and save it for, hopefully, an amazing final. That's what I'm assuming. It was sort of like the low-budget episode of the series. So, yeah, but I felt that as well. Yeah, I think that's probably why, yeah. Um, and then the other thing that I enjoyed was this whole concept of so I, I wasn't really a fan of the Roman side of things. I want to say that, mm, you know, I wasn't, yeah. you know, wasn't into that. But I think the the barbarian, you know, the sort of group of younger people, the barbarians, I really like that concept that one of them is the guardian of the gate. And mm-hmm. every sort of generation, because of the time difference, it feels like, you know, one of them's just gone for a little, you know, oh, sorry, one of them's gone for a long time. And they don't return. But in actual fact, in their mind, they're in there just for a few seconds, maybe. Sort of keeping yeah. one of these creatures at bay. Um, so I, I I, really like that aspect. But again, it wasn't explored too much. It was just this one character, wasn't it? This one girl, I've forgotten her name, the character name. But um, I think her name might have been Carr. Oh, yeah, that's, the, the, that's what the crows keep going is that yeah. isn't it what did so. you think of that actually with the talking crows because i thought we were going somewhere with that and it turned out just to be um it's just basically a little throw in so that if you hear a crow it does sound like he's going Quark. <laughs> so yeah there was that was the only point to the crows really wasn't it is that um and i did love the line about the the doctor saying you know the crows are angry and nardo's like the crows are angry and all that i, I did really like that that start that bit of dialogue <laughs> about all the crows and stuff but it didn't go anywhere did it it wasn't there was no yeah there wasn't anything else to the crows apart from that really well i that's what i'm not sure of because okay because when when we first see them one of them is saying doctor isn't it oh no you're not thinking and i'm thinking are they (laughs) are they crows or are they ravens oh no come on no and i'm just like you i thought to myself I, I stayed off Twitter, obviously, while I was watching the episode. Yeah. Yeah. When I was watching the episode, about five minutes in, when Nardole first sees one of the crows, it, it does say Doctor. It did. You yeah. Know? And I thought, is the, moth <laughs> in, is the moth very subtly bringing back a bit of Clara here? Because then I thought, well, because that was my initial thought. Straight away, within a second, yeah. I thought, is this Clara? are they crows or are they ravens whatever we don't know and then when the episode had finished obviously i jumped on twitter see what the fan reaction was like so many people saying did you hear the crow shouting doctor did you hear Mm. you know is it clara is the moth you know so i I assume that you don't think there's anything in that at all you feel well i I did uh it's one of the things i yeah before before i saw the episode when we got the trailer last week that's a 
one thing I picked up on. I was like, why is that crow saying doctor? Like, you know, is the moth, you know, can he resist bringing back Clara for, for Capaldi's, you know, mm-hmm. exit? Um, so, yeah, I did think that. Um, now, now I'm not, now I've watched the episode, I'm not so sure. Okay. Um, I'm hoping it's just the moth putting it in there as a little tease, thinking, hey, you know, thinking that we're going to think it's Clara, but actually it's not. I hope so. Mm-hmm. I hope it's not Clara, but um, yeah, I did think that. I did think that. I still, I don't know. I hope it's the moth having one of his little, you know, little in jokes that he likes to put in there. That's what I'm hoping, anyway. <laughs> I hope. I hope that doesn't I go hope any so. further. Yeah, we yeah. don't want to see that diner landing, you know, anywhere soon. Well, there is the possibility that it depends on how the moth views the end of his time. Mm. Well, actually, how he viewed it, because I assume that everything's been written and done now. So there's no going back. But when Russell T. Davis left, I remember watching the special features on the, the Series 4 specials and an interview with him. And he was saying that the reason why he had the Doctor go back and visit companions at the very end and stuff is because he wanted to close off his circle, if you like, of Doctor Who. Yeah. So yeah. it brings everything round and closes it off nicely. If mm. the Moff is thinking the same way, then... That might be a Clara-ism. Or we might it, see, you know, more of that in the next couple of episodes. I'm not sure, but... Let's put it this way. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm hoping not, yeah. but I wouldn't... If it happened, I would just be like, there we go. <laughs> so, yeah. But fingers yeah. crossed it's not. Hmm. Yeah. Talking to Twitter, though, um, <laughs> when I went online to look at the reaction, um, most, I would say, 90% of what I saw <laughs> wasn't talking about this episode. It was just all about the next time trailer, which kind of I thought said it all. Really, said it all. Yeah, I was like, yeah. everyone's just talking about what's in the next time trailer. No one's. I don't see anybody actually talking about the episode itself. Um, I think it was kind of just there, wasn't it? It was just a. It was okay. It wasn't great. It wasn't very memorable. I guess. Yeah, but a lot of people yeah. felt. I think. Yeah. Do you know what it was? I think because there was no standout moment. Yeah. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It, it just sort of plodded along. At, it wasn't even a fast-paced episode either. In right. terms of editing and pacing, it just sort of plodded along at a reasonable pace from start to finish. Even mm. some of the action scenes where they were being chased by the monster, even that didn't sort of bring your know, heart rate up you know, at all, really. It was more of a... Um, I think it was quite a predictable episode as well. You know, I think, I, you know, you assume that you know, X amount of Romans or barbarians would be picked off by the monster, but inevitably the doctor would save the day. There was a moment where we thought the doctor was going to go in the portal. I was just going to ask you about that. You know? Cause, um, yeah. What did you think about that? Because I, the whole, you know, I was thinking all the way through that. Well, he clearly, he's not going to do that because <laughs> we've got to, have to, but yeah, I don't know. What, what did you think of that? Of that scene that he was prepared to plonk himself down on another planet so easily. On another thing yeah. so easily, guarding it, yeah. Um, I don't know, really. I, I, I think it was a little bit... It, it, I think they were trying... I think what Ronan Monroe was trying to get across there was, you know, regardless of how little or how large the threat might be to the planet, the Doctor's willing to, to do whatever it takes to, you know, to save the planet, whether it's just a bunch mm. of kids, you know, being eaten by a, a lizard dog, or whether it's like, you know huge Dalek invasion. It doesn't matter. The doctor's willing to, to sacrifice whatever. Yeah. To save the yeah. Planet. I think that's what they were trying to get across. But as an audience though, it's quite difficult to get on board with that because we, 
I'm not sure about you, and maybe some of our listeners might agree or disagree, but I didn't really feel a connection to the characters. I didn't really feel anything for them. No, So as an audience, it's quite difficult to relate with the Doctor in in doing that because we feel quite, you know, meh, you know, about the characters. So if, if we were really connected with them and if it was written in a way where the characters, we really felt for them, by the end of the episode, if the Doctor's willing to sacrifice that time to do that, then we could probably say, yeah, that was a great moment. But because of that lack of connection and relatability and all that stuff, it just didn't feel like it fit in with, you know, the Doctor's MO. Mm, That's what I thought. I was just thinking, yeah, you know, clearly there, we could see what's going to happen. So it wasn't, again, it it was a bit like the fact there was no threat in the episode. It it almost seemed pointless because as a viewer, we know he's not going to do it and we can see where the story's going. So it was just, I was kind of just out there thinking, I'll just move aside and let him get in there and let's wrap this up. You know, yeah, that's how I felt. Um, Also, Bill has got to stop falling through holes. (laughs) She she did it last week. She did it again this week. She's got, she she needs to look down more, I think. She uh, does, yeah. Does our Bill. Um, Can Can I just quickly say before we sort of wrap up, I was hoping we would get an answer for why the TARDIS disappeared last week. Uh, Because I remember remember saying in our review, I hope they don't just leave that as a plot device, that the TARDIS went back and Missy was out. Um, We didn't get an answer this week. And I get the feeling it's just been forgotten and i'm a little bit uh, a little bit annoyed by that i was thinking okay i was i was hoping because it wouldn't take much just right in a few lines just to explain why that happened yeah but um i was kind of expecting that at the beginning wasn't you something about the i don't know anything missy could have said anything oh didn't you realize you'd you know left this out the tardis you silly you know so and so to the doctor it could have been it could so easily be explained but now it's just going to be Unless they explain it next week, which I don't think they will. Now it's just going to be a, a plot device, isn't it? That the TARDIS left Mars to go. Yeah. You know, figure out. So I was a bit annoyed that we didn't start with the explanation for that. Yeah, because it's just a plot hole now. It is. Yeah, it's just a, one of those, you know, unanswered moth things, isn't it? Yeah. What was the thing that you said you thought moth, the Moffat, you know, you said you, you didn't think he'd had his fingers in the pie in this episode apart from one bit what was that then oh that yeah the clara Possibly oh the crow the crow ah, the raven yeah. okay yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, i think for the most part he left rona to it though i couldn't really see many other big moffat clangers in there really no uh yeah um it, it wasn't nothing else at all that you liked about this it was pretty no i'm afraid i'm afraid not (laughs) i haven't got i haven't got any positives really apart from nardle he's my only positive for the episode i just liked his scenes with capaldi um i did like missy in the i mean i do like the little scenes with missy in as well um just because i'm intrigued where we're going with it and you know earlier when i was saying about series 10 it kind of was rocking and rolling and then it fizzled out in the middle i also apply that to the vault because that was just Again, mm-hmm. you know, it feels like a real um, underwhelming thing now, the vault. And it was such an exciting thing at the start. But, I mean, we've sort of forgotten all about it. It's just been, like, brushed aside, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, oh, Missy yeah. was in the vault. We can forget that. And it was such a big thing at the beginning. And, yeah, that's 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 something else I just feel has just fizzled out this second half of the series, you know, the whole vault thing. Because, I mean, Nardal bangs on about it still. He's like, Doctor the vault. But I don't think viewers really care about the vault anymore <laughs> no let's let's talk about missy actually yeah because those last few scenes with her in it, it 
I think they're still playing the is she, isn't she? Yes. Evil yeah, card, yeah. you know. She's doing the crying game pretty well and she's mm-hmm. doing the remorseful thing and you can tell that. And, and the Doctor's still very much, uh, yeah, you know, she's desperate to have some kind of reconciliation with the Doctor, you know, and he's very mm-hmm. much still, I'm not sure yet if you can be trusted. That's the vibe I'm getting anyway because he, she sort of puts her hands on his and he steps away, he pulls back and, mm. you know, he's still not 100% sure. So I that's one thing that I do like at the minute. That's kind of a nice, subtle build-up. I think we should get answered next week, but definitely yeah. the week after. Oh, sorry, this week or definitely the week after was, is this a big game that Miss is playing, you know, or is she genuinely? I don't think so. I don't think mm-hmm. she's genuine with this because I think that it's one of the staples of who. If and any of our listeners that are like classic who, if you go back through the the classic years, there's always that doctor and master mm. uh, battle, if you like. They always come back to to sort of face off against each other. And I think if the moth just wrote that off and said no, she, you know, the master's a good character now. I'm not sure. I think that'd be like changing the TARDIS to red or something. Mm. I'm not sure. No, I I I, I love it actually because it's um. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I don't know. I'm not convinced by it. Um, it reminds me of, uh, remember the Sea Devils when the master's in his little prison and the doctor keeps going to visit him and, you know, he's just sat there reading his book and he's like, I'm transformed character doctor. You know, it kind of, I love it because it, it does remind me of that doctor master relationship where, you know, there is a friendship there, but they're two sides of the coin. And I, I do really like that. I love the fact that they've brought that to the, you know, yeah, to this yeah. to the new series so yeah I, I am enjoying it um i'm like you though I, i'm not i'm not convinced no, no. no i'm not convinced but i'm loving the fact that we don't know yeah yeah and i like that it's one of the better things i think it's a better build-up than the vault was anyway mm, like yeah. you said the vault was such a massive thing <laughs> yeah you know, it was when, just like then just like oh <laughs> yeah when it kicked off it was like oh my god they what may as it? well have had him go in there and and and, and it be an ice cream shop, <laughs> or or a fridge. <laughs> yeah. You no. Know? So yeah, uh, yeah. It was a bit of a letdown, was yeah. the vault. Anyway, so we'll see. I mean, next. I keep saying next week. This, this weekend. This week. This weekend's episode looks very missified. So uh, be interesting to see how she, how she gets on with the Doctor's challenges. It looks like. Mm, yeah. yeah. Um. Okay, okay. Is there anything else you want to say, mate, about mm-hmm. this one? But actually, before we move on, I want to say that I thought the Roman soldiers were very poor in terms of performance and acting. Yeah, I didn't think they were great. I thought they were terrible, in fact. I wasn't too mm-hmm. fussed with the barbarian kids. I thought they were they were okay. Um, and the, the, the young lass that played the lead of uh, Car, the guardian of the gate, I thought she was... Ah. Yeah, I thought she was. She did really well, actually. I quite liked her performance. She was all right, yeah. Um, but yeah, the Romans, I couldn't get over how bad they were. Crikey. Especially scared acting. Yeah, there was a bit. Yeah, yeah it was a bit a bit poor. Yeah. I will agree with that. Um, yeah, sorry. Uh, and again, another week where Murray Gold sort of took a back seat with his stuff. No real themes, nothing stand out. That was, that was what I was just about to ask you. Because a lot of people said they thought Murray's school was, was a bit crap this week. Mm. Um and I must admit, I didn't think it suited the episode. Uh, yeah. It was because sort of, he was doing the sort of twangy guitar, which we get in normally when you're in a desert, sort of a bit more like Town Called Mercy sort of soundtrack. And I was thinking it didn't really fit the episode for me. Right. Um, right. So uh, it wasn't bad, 
nothing wrong with it. But yeah, I wasn't blown away by Murray's score this week either. No. I'm sorry to say. Sorry no. to be Mr. Negative this week. But yeah, I did wonder if you felt the same because we do both love Murray, but wasn't feeling it this week. Yeah. I'm yeah. on board with that, mate. Yeah. Okay. Anything you want to mention, though, before we get on to our scores? No, mate. No. That's it. That's okay. It. It's me to go first. Yay. Uh, and I, like I said originally, I think it really is middle of the road. Yeah. So I'm going to give it a five. <laughs> Snap. Snap. Although Crikey, you enjoyed I, it more than me, so I should probably give it a four. I thought you were going to go a three or a four, mate, for this one. <sighs> I'm going to go four. Oh, no, I'll stick with what I wrote. I wrote five. <laughs> uh, I, felt, I felt the same. Um, I know you enjoyed it more, but I, I felt the same. It was just a very middle of the road. It wasn't, it wasn't bad like um, In the Forest of the Night bad no, or no. Sleep No More bad. Oh, so that's crikey, why I've no. gone with a five. It was just, yeah, you summed it up perfectly. It's just middle of the road for me. It's just there. Um, when I buy the box set, it won't be the one that I jump to put on. But it's yeah, it's not it's not bad. It's not good for me either. So yeah, five. I read you. Uh, yeah. What did our beautiful listeners think? Well, let's kick off with an audio clip. This is uh, Sammy Satine. Hey. Friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your ears. From Julius Caesar by William Shakespeare. G'day, Gary and Adam. Sammy Satine here. So the Eaters of Light. Finally, a classic series writer has written for the modern series. Go, Runner Munro. Please come back and write another story sometime. I'm intrigued as to where we're going with Missy and absolutely terrified it will fall flat. Please, Stephen Moffat, don't let us down. Please. So, Missy, doing her best doctor impression, her previous self and the Mondasian Cybermen next week. Oh, holy hell. Anyway, I give this episode a 7 out of 10. See ya. <laughs> Cheers, Sammy. Holy hell. Yeah, I do share her fears for the final, though. Please let it be good. Yeah. Uh, over on Twitter, uh, Davros1736 said, Eaters of Light had the feel of an old classic Pertwee episode to me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Found the story really good. The creature was a bit of a letdown, but overall, an enjoyable episode. Uh, the end scenes uh, with Missy were a lift for me. So seven, uh, he says seven to an eight. I think he's a bit undecided. Okay. Uh, Darren, uh, cult dissection said, enjoyed it. A complete story. It had uh, a plot. It had an ending. It wasn't convoluted. And it left me smiling every time I heard the crow say car. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's have a look. Anything else on Twitter? Um, no, 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 no. I should have had this prepared earlier. No, 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 no. Uh, here we go. The Primeval Podcast. <clears throat> and I have to give a shout out to these guys because they gave us a very nice big shout out earlier in the week or end of last week, whenever it was. So thank you very much, guys. Um, the Primeval Podcast said a great original looking monster, strong characters, a strong script and overall a great episode. 8.5. Ooh. Okay. Uh, Cheers, guys. Mr. Dalek Emperor says easily one of the best episodes of Series 10 yet. Oh, now don't be silly. Finally, a story that feels complete and isn't full of Moffat cop-outs. Wow. Okay. Interesting, guys. That's cool. Um, mm. Another audio clip. This is uh, our newcomer to audio. Uh, this is Martin Arnold. Hello, hello, hello. Um, I loved that episode. I thought Eaters of Light was a really, really good episode. Um, I think some of the people who, who, who I see being critical of it are perhaps let down because the title seemed to suggest something a bit more profound um, than uh, what we got but what we got was a, a, I think a really solid story 
Um, the thing with the crows was a bit silly, but it was quite nice. You know, I thought that worked quite well. Um, not quite sure how the TARDIS managed to get etched on that stone, but, you know, that we can overlook these sorts of things, I think. Um, yeah, it was a great episode. I thought 12 was written brilliantly in that episode. Um, what can I say? It was, it was excellent stuff. I don't need to say anymore. I'm looking forward to next week. Next week looks even better. Uh, we all know why, so uh, I'll leave it there. Thanks very much. Cheers, Martin. Thank you, Martin. Hopefully you haven't switched off this review in disgust. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Our thoughts. Yeah, when I say Martin's a newcomer, I don't mean brand new. He did send in audio last week. I mean, like he's, you know, generally new. Yeah. So it's great that he's sending in audio stuff. Thank you very much. Uh, let's do another one, actually. Let's do Joe Sweeney. The Eaters of Lied, I would say, um, is not a bad story, but I do find that it is the weakest episode of the series overall and is a little bit underwhelming but i do like that this that the story is set in scotland because scotland is known to doctor who in the past so it is quite a nice touch um and the only thing that got me entertained from the story was peter capaldi because i thought his performance was was great and um and bill wasn't too bad but her dialogue about her liking women is is starting to be a little bit old hat and starting to get boring, but other than that, I really I really like her her character, and um and and there was um a little bit of um good bits that that I that I liked from the story, but the the overall problem of the story itself is just a pacing. It's just it's just so slow, and there just wasn't a lot going on, and the and the aliens were quite underused we didn't get to see more of them and the, and the scene between dr missy i would say is intriguing and also and also the, the other best bits i like from this episode was um was um seen since in next time trailer of the finale so overall not a bad episode but i'll give a score of um a four out of ten a four a four from joe i thought he was going to go a little bit higher didn't you yeah yeah, over on Facebook. Thank you, Joe. Yeah, thank you, Joe. Over on Facebook, Callum MacArthur says the Eaters of Light is just amazing. Oh. Loving Nardo. I'd never thought I'd say that. I just love how it's set in Aberdeen. Um, the main <laughs> Scottish girl was a good character. So was the other supporting cast. Pearl is brilliant once again. Really liking Bill Capaldi is just amazing. Uh, I would give this story eight out of ten. Oh, wow. Cheers, Callum. Leslie Shergold says a solid episode this week in which not an awful lot happens at all. But the character work pulls the episode through. Through, I think I agree with that, Leslie. Uh, yeah. Nardole's various comic asides being the highlight. Not an awful lot for my nephews to get hold of this week, unless you count the spaceships and Cybermen in the next time trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or Jacob's idea that we should all put our dressing gowns on, like Nardole did. Yay! Yay. <laughs> uh, Sir Jake of the Burt Whistle <laughs> says, I really like this episode. I don't understand all the hate it's getting. I oh. thought the Eater of Light was an interesting monster. I do think it was a bit slow here and there, but other than that, it was excellent. Uh, I want more classic writers to write for Doctor Who. Mm. Uh, as always, Nana was excellent. Missy felt a bit odd in this episode. There is one thing that annoyed me about this episode. That guy who played Carr's brother. The guy at the end telling the crow to remember Carr. He's been in something and I can't remember. Anyway, he gives it 8.9. 8.9, oh. very specific. 
Very. Cheers, Sir Jake. Um, Before we do our last few on Facebook, this is our last audio clip. It is Owen Daly. Hello, Grant Adam. Hope you're all well and enjoying the show this week. So, Eaters of Light. I really, really enjoyed this one. Um, I thought the the guest cast in this were superb for young adult actors. Sometimes it can be a little bit bad in experience, but this lot, they were all brilliant, uh, especially the Roman guy and uh, Kra was her name, or, you know, the main Viking or Celtic woman. Yeah, I thought they were all brilliant. Um, I thought Capaldi was probably written the best in this episode out of the last two seasons. I thought he really balanced the... Uh, the darker side of this Doctor, the more rude side, as well as having the playful side. Uh, Nardole was great in the story. Um, I thought it was a bit silly with him in his dressing gown, but I loved. I just love him in now. I'm, I'm really sad that I hated him at the start, because I, I really love Nardole now. Good old Nardy. Um, and also the Eater of Light itself. I thought it was, a, it was a good monster. It looked better when you didn't see it as much, as the CGI wasn't brilliant. But it was good in the dark, and uh, the conclusion to the episode was kind of simple but nice. So overall, I'm going to give this one an 8 out of 10. Really, really enjoyed it. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the rest of the show. Nice one, Owen. Cheers, Owen. I had a feeling Owen would like it. I don't know why, but yeah. yeah. Okay, thank you very much, guys, for your audio clips. Uh, We're going to shoot back over to Facebook. So Lewis Palmer says, a strange one for me. Mm. Uh, I liked it at points, but at others, I was not enjoying myself. It gets worse the more I think about it. Um, it was a very tedious episode to watch, and I kept waiting for the pace to pick up. The crow idea was kind of nice, but a tad silly. I'm getting very tired of Bill explaining her sexuality to people every other week. Mm. Uh, the scene itself was great, but the amount of times we've seen it in the series is staggering. <laughs> Not a huge bugbear, but one uh, that I've began to notice. Uh, also, there were many comparisons to Ghostbusters. Was there? Was there? Trying to think now. Ghostbusters. 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 I don't know. Me and Lewis normally agree on a lot of stuff. I'll have to. Other than not crossing the streams. Ah. Hmm. Not sure. Anyway. Ah. uh, Lewis gives it a (laughs) 5.5. Out of 10. Out of 10. Yeah. Uh, Rob Kernick says, unfortunately, a mediocre Doctor Who episode. Uh, The acting was really great this week, but the story was so lackluster. Very slow, methodical episode. Uh, that got me a little confused at times. Uh, this feels like the forgettable episode of Series 10, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, wasn't really surprised, though, considering the series finale is next week. He gives it a five as well. Okay. Jeff Waddle says, personal ah. wish list. Scottish setting, Scottish history. Aliens stalking the land. Throwing Roman soldiers, good to go. And yet somehow, this was just dull. Uh, I couldn't care less about any of the characters. The Doctor willing to sacrifice himself sacrifice himself over such a small threat felt completely out of place. Yeah. And what the hell was the Talking Crows about? Mm. Uh, made the error of being not awful, not great, but completely average. Uh, Bill has studied the Ninth Legion and doesn't know the Romans liked men and women. Yeah. She has no interest in Romans before. We're in, dan- we're in danger here of straying into the god-awful Clara thing of being whatever the episode needs her to be. Well, yes. Oh, yes, dear. I g- think that as well. Yeah, he gives it a three out of ten and finishes oh. with, I won't watch this again. <laughs> Jeff is <laughs> Cheers, Jeff. at this. Yeah, i got to agree with a lot of that, though. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Joseph Howarth says, Ah, Rona Monroe, the writer who wrote Survival, the last story of the classic series, and deciding to take another whack at this time for the 12th Doctor. <laughs> Can you imagine I'm off? Rona, you got to take another whack at this. <laughs> uh, part of me is thinking I shouldn't 
of rewatched Survival rather than the episode. Sorry, part of me is thinking I should have rewatched Survival uh -huh. rather than the episode I was meant to be reviewing. I won't lie to you guys, it was sluggish, tedious, and not a whole lot happened with the episode. There are a few moments that made me laugh. It was mainly from the Doctor and Nardole. And I honestly think the bits with Missy at the end were a lot more interesting than the actual story. He gives it a five. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Martin Vincent of the Bad Wolf podcast, YouTube, Twitterage, all that stuff, says, very dull. I wanted to like it. I really did. I don't particularly dislike it. It just didn't do anything for me. And lastly, Jason Thayer says, I thought it was pretty good, but a bit slow. Seven out of ten. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, guys. That's the official Facebook page. Anything over on the Geeks handbag stuff? Yeah, yeah. A um, bit, bit like yours, quite mixed, actually. So Stephen Hardy says it's the weakest of the Capaldi era. Uh, he didn't enjoy it, and he sent me a lovely long list of all the inaccuracies in the episode, which I actually genuinely enjoyed reading. Um, Simon Clark, he liked it, but as he's worried about the viewing figures and uh, that the BBC are going to axe Doc 2, don't worry, we've got another five-year renewal, Simon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Malcolm... Patterson said, um, maximum yawn, another dull episode. So not a fan. Uh, Kevin McCullen loved it. He gives it 10 out of 10. Whoa. So it's a nice self-contained story of absolutely sparkling dialogue, fine direction and brilliant acting. Well, I don't know about the brilliant acting, but anyway, glad you enjoyed it, Kevin. Dean Jones just says it was all right. He wasn't that impressed. He gives it a six out of 10. Jamie Ackerley loved it because it was a nice, simple story. Reminded him of the eighties. Charlie Turner says pretty good, but not one of his favorites. He gives it a seven out of 10. Um, Matt Vernon liked it. Simple, but good. Uh, ben Tabber says, give us a kiss. I think he's referring to the next time trailer rather than to me. Yep. Um, and Mark Daniel Mooney says a good solid episode and Rob McClory gives it a five out of 10. So a few positive ones. There. I'm just going to quickly go to my lovely little Twitter poll because I love doing this every week. Um, not so much excellence this week on the poll because uh, they've been getting quite high scores up to now. So this one got 10% said it was poor, 22% average, 39% said it was good and 29% said it was excellent. So, Okay. A lot of people did enjoy it, didn't they? We've, we've had a few 10 out of 10s there, which really, really surprises me because I would never put this up there as being that high, but but people did enjoy it. So I'm quite surprised. I'll be honest with you. I'm, one thing I'm really shocked about is that I can't couldn't imagine this episode holding the attention of anybody of, of a young age. I just thought no, no, no. kid or teenager is going to sit through this. But some of the comments, I mean, some of our listeners are of that age and they clearly enjoyed it. So that that really surprises me, to be honest with you. Yeah. And it's not a bad yeah. thing, I suppose. Yeah. It's good, though. I think. Yeah. It's um, it's always not strange, but it's um, like when we have a, a very diverse mix of, of thoughts and feelings. It's, it's one of those episodes, isn't it, where do we do we class this one as a Marmite episode? Is it a bit Marmite? I think it is, yeah, because yeah. we got a lot of positivity there and and a lot of negativity. Um, so yeah, mm. I guess it is a Marmite one, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Mm. Uh, Rightio, next week, or oh, sorry, yeah, yeah, our show next week is reviewing this week's TV show. Mm -hmm. So what's the next episode that we're going to review? Oh well, it's uh, well, it's got a god awful title, isn't it? What's it called? World enough and not enough world what is it called is it, world I don't enough know. and time and time yeah. yeah world enough and time yes. is that you you did explain this to me so isn't that a thing world enough and time 
or am I thinking because I, I remember saying to someone, "What an awful title," and they were like, "Well, it's because blah blah blah." And I thought it was you, but perhaps it wasn't. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, World Enough and Time next week, part of the. So we've only got two episodes left, part of the final, and um, we all know who's in it. We all know who's coming. We won't say it, but we all know. Yeah, uh, it's going to th- be. There is there is a Star Trek episode, isn't there, called World Enough and Time? Is there? There is. Okay. Ooh, world Enough and Time. It doesn't mean anything to me. I just It doesn't even make sense as yeah. a title to me. But anyway, yes, I'm sure somebody out there knows. Yes, so we're going to do that next week. <laughs> so And yes, it was 10. It's nearly up. It's just two left to go. I can't believe how fast it's gone. I know. It's crazy. I know. Yeah. Let's hope it's good, though. I don't want to be wearing my... I've borrowed Mark Atkinson's negative T-shirt from the Prog 2 podcast. I hopefully won't be wearing it next week. I want to be wearing a positive hopefully. T-shirt. Yeah. yeah, hopefully. Okay. So thank you very much, guys. And I think we're going to do there for 147. Yeah. Thank you so much, guys, for sticking with us and listening to 147. Nearly at the 150. Oh, yeah. Nearly. Nearly there. Yeah, we had a jam-packed show. Plenty of news and merch. Mm. Whingy old Dalek. Complaining (laughs) at the trays heavy. I've got... You remember in um, the Cushing movie where the Dalek spins round oh, madly yeah. and falls yeah. down the top falls down the uh, bomb shoot I always <laughs> picture that <laughs> stupid Dalek whinging about everything uh, yeah let us know if you guys as usual let us know if you guys pick up any of the merch that we um, that we talk about because it'd be nice to see sort of in your hand or on the shelf photos can't wait to do an unboxing of them titles. Yeah. Titans. Titans, yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to do that. Because it's one thing looking at the promotional images that they send through. Because they're all light, you know, the lighting is great and, you know, everything's staged and nice. But it's nice to see some merch that's actually in someone's hand or on the shelf. So you can see. So if any of our listeners do pick up the merch that we talk about, just take a photo and put it on Twitter for us or whatever. Visions of opening. <laughs> 10 boxes and, and 8 of them being Nardle duplicates <laughs> just, just a whole shelf of Nardle 100 you know quid's worth <laughs> do you know what that's the issue with Titans is I that you know. can go through a handful of them before you get the one you, you get want get a good one yeah, yeah. I know. anyways go to our website www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk you can listen to all of our episodes on there plus you can link off to all of our social stuff and there's also links to go off and subscribe to us in whatever podcast app you listen to and we're now listed on google play podcast which is great mm. news so uh, another place to check us out and subscribe and if you're an itunes listener if you could shoot us a review that would be fab it really helps getting about isn't we hmm. remember <laughs> to check out adam's channel the geek's handbag oh yes do <laughs> check out the geek's handbag on youtube Show it and some love and facebook and twitter go and give him a sub and check out all of his videos great 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 stuff Right, next week, world and world enough and time. Looking forward to that one <laughs> to see what the hell's going on there. Until then, my name's Gary. My name's Adam. And remember. And... And...